Good morning and welcome to Diverse City Live Facebook broadcast. I am Pastor Virginia and I am here to help usher in the spirit. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Sunday morning. I'm going to read from Lamentations 3.23 and it says that there are new things every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. As we prepare our hearts in worship, I want you to think on the things that the Lord has done for you, that he woke you up this morning, that you have breath in your body, that you have a home, you have a roof over your head. You may not have every single thing super nice or luxurious, but God has always been faithful. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that in the middle of a pandemic, you are faithful. Thank you, Lord, that in the middle of a pandemic, we can still reach and teach and bless and, and speak to our members. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness with my family. And, and as you're at home, stand to your feet and begin to extend your arms to the Lord in worship. Begin to say, Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for looking out for me. I could have been dead. I could have been written off, but your faithfulness. Lord, you are worthy of all the honor and the praise. And I pray, Lord God, that you would come with a mighty rushing wind and that you would begin to stir this atmosphere. Lord God, that while we're not at 3201, wherever we are standing, you are in the midst, Father. I thank you for the word that is coming. I thank you for the worship that is coming. And I pray that you would begin to do that thing right now. In the name of Jesus, before the praise team comes, I want everybody to use your mouth to begin to bless the King of Kings and the Lord of Lord. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord. Bless us and keep us right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, diversity. Give the Lord a hand and uh, bring in the praise and worship team. Thank you.
Welcome to Diverse City, the perfect church for imperfect people. I'd like to welcome our Diverse City partners, first-time guests, and those joining us online. Please don't forget to like, share, and ask questions. Well, at Diverse City, we believe that no matter your background, color of your skin, what you've been through in the past, or even your current location, whether you're watching me from the comfort of your own home, on your couch, in your car, on your phone, it doesn't matter. Because we've all gathered together to give who God the glory, honor, and the praise that He deserves. Amen. At this time, I'd like to make you aware of some very important announcements. And we're going to start off this week with our kids' ministry meeting this Tuesday at 7 p.m. Kids, I want to see you ready. Come with your PJs, bring a sleep ready, a toy for show and tell, and let's dive into the Word of God together. So I want to see you there, 7 p.m., for a time of laughter, fun, and connecting with other kids. Then on Wednesday, I want to see my seniors. Seniors Prayer, Salt Ministry, 2.15, I want to see you ready to pray, ready to just call down the heavens as a prayer warrior. All of us seniors, I want to see you 2.15. AYM is also going to meet on Wednesday at 7 p.m. at night. That is our youth ministry, just getting together to study the Word of God, diving deep into the Word and just studying the and asking those hard questions. So all my youth, I want to see you 7 p.m. on Wednesday night. Then we're going to be right back here on Thursday with our prayer call. Our prayer warriors are ready to meet you, ready to pray with you, ready to stand in the gap with you. And the Bible says we got to pray without ceasing. So we're always praying for our diversity family. But this is a time that we can join together to pray together. So I want to see you this Thursday with the prayer team, 7 p.m. You can join us via Zoom or Facebook Live. Don't forget to see your prayer requests and your praise reports. And can't wait to see you there. And this Friday, 7 p.m., DCC Impact is going to meet another time where we can just talk about current events and how we can make a difference as diversity in our communities today. So if you want to be a part of that, DCC Impact will meet this Friday, 7 p.m. Then I'm calling all my ladies for Sister to Sister this Saturday at 12 o'clock. Ladies, come on out and just join me for laughter, fun. Join our ladies minister, minister Miss Shante, as she brings forth the word. And let's just dive and just have a wonderful time diving into the word of God together. I can't wait to see you there, ladies. 12 o'clock this Saturday for Sister to Sister. Then we're going to be right back here on Sunday with our virtual service, ready to give God the glory, honor, and praise and hearing the word that God has for us from Pastor James. During this Fruit of the Spirit, this Juicy Fruit series, God has been speaking and we are listening. And so I'm so excited for another installment of Juicy Fruit. Well, I can't wait to meet you online. Let's come ready. But now we're going to get our hearts ready to do the next part of the service, which is giving. So get your hearts ready, get your minds ready, and let's go and give to the Lord. Yeah, yeah, no, the number is 73256. 
73256. You just text the word diverse to 73256 and it'll send you a response link. You click on that and it'll take you to the place where you can give. Or you can just go to the website, uh, diversecity.church. Yep, scroll down and you'll see a little, uh, it's a, I guess a, a diamond that says donate. Click on that, it'll take you to the area where you can give or you can mail it in to 3201 Itasca Street. Yeah, 3201 Itasca Street. It's down off of Compton Itasca, that's our church. Yep, all right. Hey, hey, everybody. Sorry, I just having a side conversation with somebody who was wanting to know ways that they can give to the church and be obedient with their gift. So hopefully you heard that. Hopefully, you know. And if you didn't know, now you know. So anyway, it's time for our tithes and offerings. I greet you from my car again. We're uh, virtual. We, as we've said over the last months, 2020 has been absolutely nuts and crazy and um, it's been so easy to like slip and fall through the cracks and figure, hey, I'm not in church, I'm not really doing anything. I don't really need to continue the same practices through giving and giving my tithes as I used to. And you couldn't be further from the truth. And, you know, God's love, like God's love is, is expressed through giving. Uh, being, uh, being a giver of himself to where literally he gave up his life for us. Didn't know who you were. Uh, knew that uh, there was a sinful world in, in, in the only way the only way that uh, we could connect to the Father was through his death and through him so giving is the ultimate example of love you know and especially during the season that we're coming up in it's so important that we as a church we as people are showing and exemplifying that love that Jesus Christ gave okay so let's continue to be obedient givers and be fruitful of yourself and you know, and it's, you'll see amazing things happen. I promise you, you will. So I already gave you the numbers. I already gave you all that stuff. Um, but if you need it again, check out the link maybe at the bottom of this video. Uh, and let's, let's be encouraged. Can't wait to see everybody next week. Stay tuned the rest of the service. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just give you praise in this time. Lord, I thank you for everything that you have done and everything that you are doing. Lord, I ask that you would just be with us today in this moment, that you would bless the one that uh, has it to give, Lord. And I pray that you would bless the one who doesn't. And I pray that, Lord, you would uh, understand the heart of giving. Well, you understand the heart of giving, God. I pray that we, as your servants, would understand the heart of giving. God, I pray, Lord, that you would be with us, protect us, and guide us, Lord God, as we step back into uh, service meeting in person and that we're able to touch lives and uh and souls are saved for your glory Lord, we love you we give you praise and thanks in jesus name we pray amen
Good morning, Diverse City. Let's get ready to get into the word today. But first and foremost, let's just give a shout out to the praise and worship team. You guys are doing an awesome job. If you are enjoying the music today, give me some worship hands, give me some lights, give me some shares, give me some praying hands. Also shout out to Pastor Aldine, Pastor Drew, Pastor Virginia for all of your work and labor to make our virtual experience great. So. Uh, before we get into the word, I just want to give a, uh, some important announcements related to service for diversity. Um, as you all know, that cases continue to rise in St. Louis City and in St. Louis County. And as of yesterday, there has been new restrictions for in-person gatherings. So as a result, um, while we've spent a significant amount of time effort and preparation to prepare for our return of in-person service next week, we have decided to remain virtual um, based on the new guidelines with only having 10 people uh, for in-person service, thinking about the size of our congregation, the amount of people that we have, basically we would have to do service all day Saturday and all day service in person to be able to allow everyone to have an opportunity for an in-person experience. So as a result, we will continue to remain virtual. We will continue um, with our midweek services and arrangements, whether it's uh, small groups based on needs. And then for us, as we finish up this year, um, wanting to have more engagements as we celebrate Christ uh, during Christmas. Um, so what does that mean for the future? Um, <clears throat> I'll be honest, selfishly, I know this is a tough one for me. There are several members of our congregation that we have not seen since March. Yes, um, we've been able to do uh, text messages. Um, we've been able to do Zoom meetings also to be able to have phone calls. But there is something different about having an in-person feel and a connection. However, I believe God is sovereign. I believe that God is control. And I believe he knows exactly what would be going on, not only for St. Louis and diverse city, but in other churches and the body of Christ at large. I believe that God is doing a new thing. And for us to be patient and exercise all of the fruits of the spirits during this season. So um, we'll stay engaged. We'll stay connected during this time to continue to meet and serve the needs of your family. Um, I'm not going to try to forecast today and say, when are we going to be able to get back together in person uh, for service? Uh, my desire is to never have a virtual service and for us to be in person, but you have to be able to exercise wisdom and not just be led by your heart. I'm grateful for our deacons, our board members that collectively that we work together to be able to make these decisions to serve you and your family best. But at this time, we will remain virtual. Again, we're here to serve. We're here to help. The church is the people and not the place. The church is us. It's not the location. And while we continue to teach on 
the Juicy Fruit series. This is our moment, this is our hour, this is our season to be able to exercise and show that the church can be the church even though we don't meet for in-person gathering. So we love you, we are praying for you, we will stay virtual, we will do our thing online together on Facebook, on YouTube. We're still open and available for doing things such as <clears throat> counseling. We're able to do uh, funerals as well, but with much more tighter restrictions. Thing, same things apply uh, for weddings too. And we're able to do some small group activities, but understand with a limit as of today of 10 people, those opportunities, those uh, plans to be able to do in-person gatherings will be limited until at least for the next four weeks based on what I've read next year. But honestly, when we think about the next six weeks of the year to close out 2020, um, it will be limited. So as we move into 2021, uh, this is our time to continue to pray, to continue to fast, to be able to seek God's face as we move into this new season. We wrap up uh, 2020 and 45 days, but I believe God can do it. It's not gonna be how I expected it. <laughs> There's been a lot of changes and turns involved, but God is in control. We are praying for you and your family during this time, but without further ado, get your Bible right now. Matter of fact, I got mine right here. Let's go. Let's look up Galatians chapter five and verse 22. I'm gonna give you about 30 seconds to find it. Galatians chapter five, verse 22. And we're going to read from our focal text of Juicy Fruit series. And guess what? <clears throat> Today, we are talking about patience. So go ahead, Galatians chapter five. Let me find it. There we go. All right, one, two, three. Let's read and pray, and I'm going to snap my fingers, and we're going to appear back in the sanctuary. Magic tricks. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing, there is no law. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to be able to fellowship together online for those that are on Facebook, for those that are on YouTube. Lord, I thank you that your word never returns void. Lord, today as we discuss patience, this is something that we that's applicable for us to be able to apply in our everyday living. So Lord, I just pray that um, you use me as a vessel to be able to speak to the hearts and minds and spirits of your people today, that they're able to leave edified, that they're able to leave encouraged, and that they're able to leave empowered from logging in today. I thank you in advance, Lord, that your word is living, that your word is alive, that your word is well, that is able to bring a transformation experience into our lives today. Lord, we thank you in advance that it shall be done 
We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for you are great and you are greatly to be praised. Bless this message in our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's get rolling. So today we are going to talk about the P word. What is it? You may ask. Patience. Say it with me. Patience. Patience. All right, let's slow it down just a little bit. Patience. 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 In our world today, we live in an impatient world. Can we just be honest? It goes from our work environment, even in the church, in our homes, in every area, in every aspect, we are trying to get faster, quicker, and more efficient However, when it comes to the kingdom of God, God is a God of patience. And as we become followers and disciples of Christ, this is a crucial and a critical element related to the fruit of the spirit for us to bear God's nature and God's character. See, when I look through um, Pastor Aldine at all of the fruits of the spirit, just to be honest for a moment, Patience, if you would have asked me a few years ago, is by far my worst fruit of the Spirit. I'm confessing my faults one to another. Don't judge me. You got issues too. Patience, my worst fruit of the Spirit. I'm good with love. I think I'm pretty good with self-control. I think I have joy focusing on my inside. I'm great with gentleness and kindness and meekness. I've had my share of long suffering, but patience, mm, it drives me crazy. Now, I've gotten better over the years, Sean, once you kind of have some kids, you do get a little bit more patient. Matter of fact, moving to St. Louis, dealing with this cold weather, Lord forbid it rain and now it's down to the 30 degree weather and it's testing my patience. And I'm okay with patience, but what really drives me crazy is delays. Mm. Let me just kind of give you a few examples, make sure we're all on the same page. Example number one, my dentist, he's a great guy. It's a great establishment. But what drives me crazy is that as I get ready to have my appointment, to get my teeth cleaned, to get a filling, the whole week prior to the appointment, they're calling me and just making sure, would you, Mr. Woods, would you like to confirm that you're going to meet? Yes. Okay. Then the next day they text me and just say, your appointment is at so-and-so time. Type yes or one to confirm. And then the day before the appointment, they give me all of these reminders about COVID. And then the day of the appointment, they actually ask me to come early to be there. So when the doctor or the the dentist is ready, that I can do my part. But then when I get there, 
I show up early. I honor their requests of being there 15 minutes ahead of schedule. I've given myself the temperature. I've honored all of their COVID requirements. As soon as I get to the office, they still make me wait. What is the point of booking an appointment, telling them you're on a tight schedule, and you still have to wait? And God uses these situations to help us to grow, to help us to cultivate patience. And we have to be able to challenge that from getting antsy, from getting cranky, from getting frustrated, from getting aggravated. Matter of fact, as a pastor, my time, when we set an appointment, when I want to meet with you, you want to meet with me, whatever we need to do, the thing that drives me crazy, my wife knows it. Show up on time. Show up on time. One more time for the people in the back. Show up on time. Moving on. Next, restaurants. As we all know, we're in this season of just dealing with COVID requirements and dining seating has not been as available as it used to be. And so one of the things that my family and my household have embraced is doing the call in order. I think it's nice, it's cool, you can get your pickup time, you put your name on the order. However, I've had a few experiences. When you do those items and I say I'm gonna pick up up at 10 and I show up at 10 and the person looks at me like a deer in the headlights because I know and they won't say it that they have not worked on my order and it tests my patience matter of fact more than patience now you got to test my generosity because you we want to give you a tip we want to honor you during this season and now you have tested my patience can I get a witness anybody else gets frustrated for a situation such as that and number three we got to go ahead and put this out there any motorized vehicle bicycle motorcycle SUV, intermediate, compact, large cars, limousines, trucks, RVs that drive in the fast lane and they're going below the speed limit. You are out of order. <laughs> Patience. Ugh. Move over to the right. Not to the left, not to the left, to the left. You need to move to the right side. Why? Why are you trying to test people with character of patience? Just move over. Come on. My Lord, at least the speed limit. And those are all of the things, whether it's God putting us in a test or the devil tries to use that as a form of temptation where we have to deal with people. And as we know, we deal with people. We got people that are nice. We have a few people that are crazy. We have a few people that we just need to pray for. I'm going to stop right there. But here's the thing. See, there is, see, there's one aspect to be in the car and being tested by other people not driving the speed limit. But I would argue today what we want to talk about 
is that not being tested with patience by people, but some of us, if we summarize 2020, have been tested by God. You've been driving the car for way too long, and God is saying, if you're going to trust me, you have to hand over the keys. If you're going to trust me, you're not going to lose control, but you have to give me control. God wants to drive in this season. God wants to be at the center of our heart. And just like one of my favorite movies that came out back in the day, it's pretty corny, it's pretty cheesy. We say the line, are we there yet? Let me say that again. Are we there yet? Am I the only person that had to pause for the cause, look at the situations, look at the circumstances in your life, and you had to raise up and say, God, are we there yet? God, are we still here? God, are we still stuck in this holding pattern? God, after all of my sacrifice, my commitment, and my obedience, am I there yet? It's tough. Are we there yet? Lord, help me. My son, anytime, <laughs> anytime we do road trips with our kids, we got a rule. Anything be- above six hours, we're flying. Yeah, mm-hmm. Anything above six hours, we are flying. We are not driving because I cannot take over and over David and Hope. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? We just went 10 miles down the road. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And just like kids, we become antsy on the path to promise, and we ask God, are we there yet? And that is a question based on patience. So let's move right now, and let's talk about how do we see patience from a biblical lens? that we get to define it, that we get to develop it, and most of all, from a juicy fruit perspective, how do we display it? So you can put this definition on the screen. Number one, patience is waiting. See, normally what happens, we try to think patience is only waiting, but patience goes beyond waiting. Patience means also enduring. Patience, get ready for this, also means suffering, as if determination or will. And it's not simply out of necessity. Let me say that last part again. It is a determination of the will and not simply under necessity. Don't miss that part. So when we think about a life of patience, when we understand and unpack this word in the Greek, we see that patience means to remain under. It means that it's an ability to be able to trust God. It implies that we are able to be steadfast in the middle of a difficult circumstance. When we're willing to stay there and say, it doesn't matter what happened. God told me to be here. I'm staying here until he tells me the move. So that means when we're losing patience, that is a sign of weakness. That is a sign of spiritual maturity. Definition number two, it gets worse. Mm. It is the quality of self-restraint. 
I like this part right here, careful thinking or of not giving away to anger, even in the face of provocation. Mm. So that means that you're, 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 you can bend, but you won't break. That means that you're able to hold on when others may tell you to let go. That means that you're able to say, I will remain patient. Though that you slay me, yet will I trust you. You're able to hold on and not to get anger. So when you're patient and not just an action, it is your attitude too. See, patience deals a lot with capacity. Say capacity. So that means your capacity. The Bible also talks about having a measure of faith. When we look at capacity, we're able to see how many days can you tolerate? How long can you go through things such as what we'll talk about in the next week or two? Long suffering. And you're able to do it with the heart of God. When you're able to do it with the love of God. When you're able to do it without complaining or getting upset. See, a patient person waits for God to provide comfort. A patient person is willing to allow God to do the punishment, not to take vengeance into your own hands. When you're patient, you're trusting in God to provide comfort, not going to find comfort food, comfort entertainment, comfort people, your boo thing, whatever it is. Patience is holding on to the source in the middle of adversity. Amen. Amen. So let's go to Romans chapter 15, and let's look at verse 4 through 5. I want to take my time here because I know as um, I spend time in Lord with prayer that patience is an area that we can make a difference. <laughs> patience is an area, it becomes a distinction between those that are with God and those that are not with God, that patience becomes a contributing factor to show our growth and maturity and experience with God versus those that are still a little bit backsliding, still one fit in the world, one fit with God, and patience is able to bring you over to live a life that is manifested through God's destiny and pulling it into your reality. All right, put the scripture on the screen. It says, everything written in the scriptures was written to teach us in order that we might have hope through the patience and encouragement with the scriptures give us. Verse number five, and it says, and may God, the source of patience and encouragement, enable you to have the same point of view among yourselves by following the example of Christ Jesus. Ooh, there is a lot there to unpack. Point number one, let's go ahead and get this started. Patient people see the world from God's point of view. Let me say that again. Somebody put that in the comments. Patient people are able to see the world from God's point of view. So if there's a God's point of view, there must be means that there's a my point of view. 
There's my family's point of view, and there's an enemy's point of view. But without patience, you're not able to see God's point of view. Let's kind of break that down. When you look at verse number four, the Bible tells us that scripture, we need the scripture to be able to get our hope. Without no hope, we won't be patient. Without no hope, we can't have encouragement. We need the scripture. We need the word of God. Man, where's my Bible? The Bible is still important for today. The Bible, as we live in the most biblically illiterate time of the church, we need the scripture to give us hope. Some of us have been overly invested in things of the world, and God is saying, I need you to be patient. I need you to find your hope and your encouragement in me. And then in verse number five, as we got our, we extracted our point, is that the source of the patience, it comes from God. So here's my question. Very basic question, but I want you to really think about this. How much value do you place on the word of God? Like, we hear it all the time. Like, I read my Bible sometimes. Sometimes I oversleep. Sometimes I don't understand. And the question is, how valuable is it to you? We can make excuses or we can make adjustments. We can live a life that bears fruit or we can sit here and complain. We can sit here and be agitated and become double-minded men and double-minded women and we become unstable in all of our ways. Again, how much value do you place on the Bible? Look at me, do not miss this. How much value do you place on the Bible? Do you believe that the Bible, let's just do an analogy, the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, that this Bible is the basic instructions for everyday life. Do you believe that this Bible is the basic instructions for everyday living? Matter of fact, let me just one-up you because the basic doesn't become appealing to so many people. Do you believe that the Bible gives better instructions for everyday living? Because you can find your instructions on social media. You can find instructions from your manager. You can find instructions from your customer business owners. You can find instructions in your own mind and your own head just sitting along pondering and worrying based on your thoughts. But if you want to have patience, this is a a key point that we have to honor. We have to hold up and say, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will make decisions based on what the words say. We will make our choices based on what the words say. We will treat our spouses. We will treat our kids. We will use this word of God to give us better instructions on how we're going to live. See, if you're living a life depleted, if you're living a life malnourished based on this Bible, the two things that are going to come, it's not going to be patience and hope. It's going to be frustration 
in agitation. Amen. And they're saying, why are you so flighty? Then we have to challenge and say, okay, am I putting my value on the right things? Or are we throwing our valuables overboard? See, our flesh, let's just go there, our flesh will tell us over and over to take the easy approach. But God's spirit will not only tell you, he will not tell you to take the easy approach, he will tell you to take the right answer. And you cannot have the answer if you're not reading. Faith comes by hearing, faith comes by hearing the word of God. We are justified by our faith. We are made new. I'm not saying this easy, but this is an equipping series. This is a training series. And then God had to show me this. If you're taking notes, don't miss this part. Patience takes more why power than willpower. Again, patience takes more why power than willpower. See, that's the thing. When we try to serve God, when we try to just produce and manufacture fruit based on our willpower, sooner or later, you will get burnt out. See, allow me to just kind of park right there. I know we're just kind of jaywalking on patience and going right back to the basics. I want to make sure you finish strong and you cannot miss this. See, when you have a why, you can overcome and you can outlast the what, you can outlast the where, you can outlast the how, you can outlast the when. Again, when you have a why, no matter whatever happens this year, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're about to go into, you can outlast the what, the, the where, the when, and the how. When you have a why, when you have a conviction, when you have a commitment to say, not here, not how, for me, we will stand on the promises. We will stand on the report of the Lord. Oh, it's quiet in here. When you have a why, your commitment becomes stronger. My mentor told me um, this, and I just had to sit down when he said, my mentor said, when your why makes you cry, the price of commitment has gotten too high. Matter of fact, let me say it this way. When your why, if your why doesn't make you cry, the price of commitment will always be too high. Okay. All right, let's bring it in. When, when, when your why makes you cry, what is it talking about? When you have an emotional and a spiritual commitment to your why because you desire to love God, because you know it's the thing that you're supposed to do, your connection becomes fortified and reinforced. Your commitment is strong. You are anchored in this, but you cannot do it without a why. If you stay in the place of going and trusting only in the middle of your willpower, sooner or later, the boat's going to get rocked, and now you're questioning. But when you have a why, when you put preeminence on this word, you can do it. Amen. Listen. Okay, okay, okay. We're going to stay right here. I can stay at this point the whole sermon. 
I think I'm at about 18 minutes. Dang, I'm behind. Go back, go back to, okay, so here it is. Let me just break it down a whole nother way. See, when we exercise our patience, just like when we um, work out, just like when we do other things to apply our time and our investment, it transfers, it transitions, and we get to see the Bible. We get to experience it at a whole nother level. See, when we exercise patience, when we read the Bible, we're not just looking and reading a spiritual narrative. We're not just looking and reading our spiritual experiences, but when we have a why and we begin to read and we begin to study and we begin to meditate on what thus saith the Lord, you move past just looking at the spiritual narratives. You move past to looking at the spiritual examples. Now, what God is going to do in your life, you're going to have spiritual experiences. Mm. Anybody else but me want to have a spiritual experience. I don't just want to keep telling people what David did, what Noah did, what Abraham did, what Sarah did, what Jonah did. I want to tell people what God did in my life. Hallelujah. And God is looking for people in this season to go to the next level. For the word of the Lord tells us that there are fewer laborers and there's so much harvest. And God is saying he wants to do greater works through us, but it comes from patience and we start seeing through the lens and the view of God. Don't turn because I'm rolling, but if you're taking notes, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, all scripture is God-breathed. It is useful for teaching. It is useful for rebuking. It is useful for correcting. It is useful for training in righteousness. Amen. This Bible is not just a history book. This Bible is just not just some religious jargon that was uh, put together by 40 different authors with an Old and a New Testament. This Bible is not just something that's used for scientific facts. This Bible that we have, this Bible that you have, it is a life book. It is not just for being a Christian. It is applicable for every area and every aspect of your life. And if you become patient, if you become diligent in your studies and your practice and your time and your word with God, he's going to show you that this is a living word. He's going to show you when you open his book, church, we are encountering the mind of God. Amen. We are encountering the heartbeat of God. And he wants to use us to produce juicy fruit to be the hands of God. See, the knowledge of man has limitations. The knowledge of man will not stand a chance against the wisdom 
of God. The wisdom of God is your advantage. The wisdom of God is your edge. In this season, as we finish strong, if you want to see what's the difference, it is going to be patience. God has not called us to live a life of surviving. God wants us to thrive. God wants us to flourish. No, every day won't be a happy day. No, you won't go through. You're going to go through things in life because Jesus said in this world, there are many troubles, but you can prevail in the midst of trials, in the middle of tests. He's going to show you that you are more than a conqueror, but you can also be more than a son in this season, in this day, in this hour. God wants to raise up soldiers in the Lord. Happy belated Veterans Day for those who have honor and sacrifice for our spiritual commitment and our spiritual authority. Does that sound good? Anybody else in here wants patience? Give me a hand up in the air in the comments if you would like more patience. So again, we talked about point number one, about having a point of view of God. And I'll be honest, I used to pray for patience. I desired patience. I wanted to have it because I wanted to be like Jesus But then I ran up on this scripture in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, and I started to move with trepidation. You can put that on the screen. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4, and we're going to read from the New Living Translation. The scripture says, we can rejoice too (laughs) when you run into problems and trials, for for we know that they help us develop Endurance, which is another word for patience. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Ouch. So what is God saying? That if you want to have more patience, you're going to face trials. You're going to face tests. You're going to have to go through the valley of shadow of death where you have to decide to not fear no evil and hold on to patience to know that the Lord is with you. That as we grow in this fruit of the Spirit, it's going to be rough. But I guarantee that it's worth it. I know it's not a spiritual slogan, but it's applicable. No pain, no gain. So point number two, patience produces character. Again, say it with me. Patience produces character. See, when God, see, God tries us, God tests us. If we want to develop character, it's going to take work. We will face our challenges. We will face moments where our flesh wants to go wild and the devil's going to produce and offer us a fruit of impatience and we're going to have to hold on tight to develop character for God to be able to produce patience. Amen. See, when we have that point of view and we're seeing through the lens of God, We have to understand that we don't make choices just for our present, that we're making choices based on our future. We're making choices based on our hope and our expected end, whether it's future things that we're expecting on earth or our heavenly reward once we go up to be with him forever. 
So we say this all the time. As God is producing character, you have to trust the process. Mm, mm, mm. So while we all have went through our share of mistakes, and some of us feel, Sean, as if we've been disqualified. We go through life and we say, you know what, in 2020, I dropped the ball. In 2020, I've made a lot of fumbles. In 2020, God gave me the play and I decided to call the audible. And God is saying, you got to pick up the ball. God is saying, you got to pick up the baton. God is saying, if you're willing to make a decision today to start over, to repent, he will begin the process of watering. He we will begin the process of planning and in due season you will reap if you faint not. But if we can be honest, the fruit of impatience, it looks great. The fruit of impatience looks very nice and appetizing. Matter of fact, I would call the fruit of impatience more like candy. See, here's the thing. When we, when we try to abort the mission, when we try to skip God's process, we run the risk of hitting a detour or producing defects. Again, when we try to skip God's plan, when you say, Lord, you're taking too much time. I know I let you drive this far, but now I got to take the wheel back because I know a faster route. I know how to get there quicker. I know, and God becomes a gentleman and say, okay, I'll move over and I'll be here waiting for you. But when we try to get off the path, when we take our mind off the, the navigation that God has given us in this season and in this moment, you will run into a detour or you will run into a defect. And God is saying, I want you to go to destiny. See a, de- see a detour, how can we break it down? See, it's our willingness to go off to another path while we're able to exceed the speed limit, sooner or later, sooner or later, maybe it's not this year, maybe it's next year, maybe it's 20 and 25, you're going to hit a dead end. You may have a prodigal son moment, or you just may have a moment where you fall into a fatal attraction, just like Samson. And when you get off of God's path, when you do not heed to his instructions, you will hit a detour. Or you will produce a defect. Now, as most of us know, as we create and as we make products, it is so important, don't miss this, that we are properly tested, that we have properly went through trials and tests to be able to work, to be able to reshape, to allow God to mold our hearts because he is the potter and we are the clay. But when we try to come out too early, when we get in the middle of the oven and it becomes hot and excruciating pain and you feel like you're going to die, quiet on the set. You come out premature. You come out half-baked. I know I wasn't going to get too many amens on that, but we have to trust the process. 
God does not produce, God does not produce defects. God does not want to send you on a detour, but God wants to send us in our destiny. Matter of fact, let me go on and say this. You should be happy and you should be praising the Lord for the mistakes that you are making in this season. Before you become big, become the big shot, become the best-selling author, when you become a lead pastor of uh, Diverse City doing Satellite Church and North County and fitting and doing whatever, writing your books, doing speaking deals, creating your business, become a manager of a Fortune 500 company. I know God has given multiple dreams and multiple ideas, but some of us are married and we're producing defects and God is saying you need to work in patience and fix that out right now before you blow up. God is telling some of us that are in the middle of businesses, it's important to fail right now in this season before you blow up. Nobody wants to be on Charisma Magazine for the pastor that did this and this and that and that. All of these things in the middle of patience, God is trying to work through you. God is trying to help work out the defects to get you off the path that leads to hell and the grave. God is trying to help you in this season and you're running from process. And eventually, if you don't deal with it now, When the light shine bright, everything that was in the dark starts to come to light. So when we get our patience and we produce it with character, when we know that God has opened the door, we are very confident that man cannot close it. But when we tried to work out our own thing, when we had to manufacture our own route, when we had to steal from there, when we had to shortchange this person, when we had to undermine this person, when we became the crab in the middle of a barrel, pulling down other people to have our moments to shine, and now allowing God to work out the jealousy and, you're, and God wants to produce joy and not allowing God to work out the pride and not produce patience. It will eventually catch up with you. You need patience. You need this fruit of the spirit. Do not fall prey to the enemy's candy that will only satisfy you for the moment. Take advantage while you're small. Take advantage while your stock is low. It's viewed as a penny stock now. But when God raised you, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be better than what you expected. And you don't have to feel ashamed. It's not that you're prideful. You're just different from. They want to sit on the boat. You decided to walk on water to be all that God has called you to be. Amen. James chapter one, verse number four, and let's look at the new King James version. Let's kind of work our way to point number three. Patience is so much. I can't even get through all of it today. We're going to be back with patience next week again, because I want to give this to you. We work these three principles, and God's already given me download on what we need to share and discuss next week. But let's finish here today. All right, James chapter 1, verse 4. You can put this on the screen. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, 
lacking nothing. Does that sound good to anybody else beside me? I don't want to lack nothing. I know I got issues, but when God put his super on your natural, oh, you'll be amazed how it's able to cover up, how he's able to do surgery to not only to heal you, but he is able to make you whole when we're patient in him. So point number three, we are perfected in Patience. Again, point number three, we are perfected in patience. See, when I studied the Bible, I've been doing my own little personal study, just really looking at the Gospels and the life of Jesus. I'm kind of studying juicy fruit, but then also getting prepared for what we're going to talk about in Christmas. Um, one of the things that's interesting is when you really start doing some of the character study, how God has to like work out individually through each of his disciples to get them to a place of patience so they can arrive to a place of promise. A few of them, when I think about Thomas, right? When we think about Thomas, he is known as what? The doubter. But as God works with him, as he spends more time with the Lord, God is able to take that man that was full of doubt. But when we've studied the last passages related to Thomas, he is known as someone that is devoted. What about Matthew? Matthew, when you study um, his, his occupation, the most negative reputation during this time is to be a tax collector because they are working for the quote-unquote enemy with Rome, helping to collect taxes, and they're putting surcharges on the people as much as they want to their own benefit. So you have Matthew that has a negative reputation, and it's been very lucrative, but through patience, we see Matthew wrote his own book of the Bible and now has chosen a more profitable profitable way of life. Mm. Or what about James, the son of Zebedee? When we first hear about him, he is known as a person that is selfish. He is known as a person that is stubborn, but through his perfecting of patience and his time spent with God, he is known to end the book of the Bible as a person that is selfless to the point that he laid down his life. He is willing to die on the cross to the point where he was martyred. Patience is the only thing that can move you from a heart of being selfish to a heart of being selfless. Amen. So what has patience done and shifted in your life? Oh yeah, we can't, we can't, we cannot skip over Peter, right? Peter, we all know Peter, very impulsive. He is the king of too fast and too furious. He has some choice words that we cannot utter from the house of God. Peter, that was quick with the sword, that would cut you and would say, try Jesus, but not me. Because I will fight. Never mind. You'll catch that later. Toby, shout out my boy. Anyway, Peter, through his patience, God was able to take that heart of impulse. Now, 
through the perfecting, through the time spent with God, now he has a heart of influence to be the biggest leader of the early church. To the point my man preached the gospel, led by the Holy Spirit, that the church was added over 3,000 people in one day. How you like me now? And that's what God can do when we're willing to give our heart to him, where we're willing to remain patient during this time. Better is available when you're willing to be patient. See, just because you can come to church, just because you may watch this video online, you can be around Jesus, but if you don't allow him to come into your heart, we can experience another situation like Judas. Judas, a person that was known to be honest, seen God's signs, miracles, and wonders, but not willing to practice patience. He took a bite of the fruit of impatience, and we see dishonesty and gain and no heart transfer to the point where he couldn't deal with himself when he had revelation of the mistakes he made. And that's what happens with us, right? We may not go to the point of suicide, but we become stiff armed in terms of the plans of God. We think we have fallen so far away, and I'm asking for the church today to give him another try. He knows exactly where you are. He wants to help you during this time. But we have to understand God does not want you to just go to the season of testing. He wants you to go through the season of testing. So many times we run to the season of testing and it gets too hard and we back up or we hide and we get frustrated and then we hit a moment of our life where we have to halt. We talk about it all the time. Be careful when you're making decisions, when you're hungry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, or when you're tired. Oh, has anybody in here this year been hungry, angry, (laughs) lonely, or tired? We don't have to go the whole year. In the last week out of all the drama, you've been angry, You've been lonely, and you've been sick and tired of being sick and tired. And we have to be careful in moments like this that we don't take a bite of the candy versus the fruit of the Spirit that is presented to us. If so, we run the challenge of having the Esau effect. See, we know my man Esau, he's a man of all mans. He was a hunter. He was the promised child. He was the firstborn, which means he was giving the birth right. That means everything his parents, everything his family inherited, when they passed away, it was his. Esau is the grandson of Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, Esau, But the Bible doesn't talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. The Bible talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? Because Esau, when he got hungry, when he got angry, when he got lonely, when he got tired, he gave in to the fruit of impatience. Esau had a moment, as we all know, 
when men get hungry, we get antsy, we get frustrated, we get cranky. And he didn't care about juicy fruit in this time after he came from hunting. He just wanted a bowl of soup. He surrendered his opportunity to produce, to have juicy fruit. And he took it for a bowl of lentil soup. And so we have to be careful in moments like this when we're trying to figure out how to get to our destiny and we're stuck between our dream and our job and God is using this time for us to grow in patience. I'm speaking to myself. There are so many dreams and ideas and things that I desire and I want to do and I feel like God is driving in neutral and God is saying, nope, I am working patience. I am building big character. I am building you for the moment so you can last because my fruit doesn't just come. My fruit will remain. So when it's hard, when you're going to work and you can't stay in your job, when you're in school and you're taking on more student loans, and you're trying to ask why, when you're in church and you know that there's a call on your life and you're trying to figure out how can I cultivate my calling and we're not in the sanctuary, how am I supposed to do outreach when nobody wants to come outside and answer the door, when I'm doing my housework, doing my chores, when I'm doing virtual and homeschooling and we're trying to figure out In these moments, we have to guard ourselves from the Esau effect. Because when we get desperate, when we look at 2020, let me just reset our focus. You're not living in the Hunger Games right now. You're not fighting with the next person. You're not about to die in this season. You're growing. You're expanding. You're increasing. Stop thirst trapping. Don't become desperate in this season. As we said it before, don't let your boyfriend keep your husband from coming. Ladies, to my men, do not let your boo thing, your girlfriend, keep your wife from coming because you're having an Esau effect. And and, And if you make this decision, if you make this critical choice in the moment of desperation, you've surrendered patience and you might be on your way to a detour and not on the way to destiny. Oh my gosh. I'm going to pause for effect. Think about that. You're not in the hunger games. You're going to survive. There's going to be hand sanitizer for you. Everything's going to be all right. You are a king's kid. You are a child of God. And we have to make sure as we let our light shine this year that we're not living by our feelings. We're living by faith in our future. We're not living by our feelings. We're living by our faith in our future. We're standing on the word. We're standing on his promises because God is perfecting us in this season. Doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect, but a part of his perfecting is progression. It is spiritual maturity that we don't respond with an Esau effect. I do not want us in this season to be like Esau, exhibiting impatience, and we become impulsive, 
and we get upset because we think that we are late. I promise you, you are right where God wants you to be. If you're living right, if you're serving him, if you're studied, if you're focused, if you're holding on to the principles of what God has called you to do, if he haven't answered in this moment, God has you right where you want him to. Yes. Don't miss this. See, when you're impatient, when you're dealing with the Esau effect, do not confuse, don't miss this, do not confuse urgent with the ultimate. Again, when you're having a difficult time and you're struggling with your patience, you have to be aware to not confuse the urgent with the ultimate. The fruit of the spirit says go for the ultimate. Have a big picture perspective in mind. But the Esau effect will have you doing the urgent. You begin to rob your future to fill up your present. And patience says, I will trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. And I will acknowledge him in all my ways. And he will direct my path that we will begin to honor the Lord with our substance and the first fruits of our increase. And he is able to bless us. He is able to open up the windows of heaven. He is able to pour us out a blessing of juicy fruit that we don't have room enough to gain to contain that others will be able to taste and see that our God is good. Amen. Amen. So if you're in a moment today and you're asking yourself, are we there yet? I'm going to challenge you in this season as we move into this seven minutes and 35 seconds left in the fourth quarter of 2020 to be able to trust God. I know it feels like you're taking the slow route, but I'm going to tell you, you're taking the right route. Don't chase the hair. Stick with God. And you've hit a point this year and you want to give up. And you hit a point this year and you want to give out and you know you heard the word of God and we have to be careful that we don't hit a moment where we feel like we need to assist God because it may not be an Esau effect and you're just giving up soup but maybe you're Abraham and Sarah maybe you're looking at your age you're looking at your money you're looking at your experience and you're looking at your time and say, you know what? I need to help God out. As we all know, the promises given to Abraham and Sarah was they would produce a seed and they would be able to have offsprings that would bless the whole nation. Matter of fact, it said the father of many nations. And they went through a season where it looked like the plumbing was not working, that their season was over with. And we know Sarah had an epiphany. And she said, you know what? Let me go ahead and talk to sister girl over here. Maybe God wants me to send side chick 
to go to the main man to produce this promise. And as we know, just like Abraham, when Sarah came with this idea, he said, oh no, you're the only one for me. I would never do such a thing until she caught to him again. He said, okay, I'll take care of it. And as we see from the seed of patience, impatience, Abraham took a bite of the candy and they tried to package it as juicy fruit. And as we study the lineage of Ishmael, the war between the Jews and Israel, the fight and the fruit of impatience became a tug of war to the point where Sarah got jealous of the season that she created. As I like to say, you can't create a season and then, and then complain about the weather. That's good. We create these seasons and we get upset because we are willing to step out of our season of trusting in God and wanting to take matters into our own hand and say, no, God, let me help you out. God don't need your help. Again, God does not need your help. He got this. He been had this. He's been doing this for 6,000 years based on if you believe in an old earth or a new earth. We see the stories. We see the testimonies of being able to stick with God. But here's the most beautiful part of the text, just to bring encouragement as we move to the close. While Abraham and Isaac stepped out and made a step of disobedience, God still gave them the promise. Listen, this word today is not to condemn you. This word today is not to beat you up. But this is a word today to say that patience is still available for you. This word today is to say that God's promises are still Yes and amen to you. This word today is able to show you that God is willing to give you and extend his grace and mercy if we make our confession. If we're able to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, God can give us a new route. God can send us on the path of destiny when we're willing to trust him. In closing, Let's read this verse together, and wherever you are, if you could stand to your feet. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 1, in verse number 16, and we're going to read this from the New Living Translation. It says, but God had mercy on me. Make it personal. Say, on me. So that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst of sinners. I can't even move any further. God wants to use you. God wants to show you. God wants to shower you with his grace, his mercy, and favor. He wants to exhibit his great patience to be a witness to others that you can be down and not out, that your setback can be a setup for your comeback. God wants to show you, put my verse back on the screen. If you look at the latter part, then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive 
his eternal life. Amen. That's why we need patience. Amen. I'm not asking for you to exhibit something that God has not done for us. So as we turn the page to get ready to close out in prayer, here's my call to Action Church. We're approaching our last 45 days of the year. And if you're struggling with patience, this is not the time to worry. This is your time to pray. Again, if you are struggling with patience, this is not your time to worry, but this is time to pray with patience. God is wanting to uproot all of our negative forms of meditation that we call worry based on if this is going to happen, if that's going to happen, if this person get in office, if the weather change here, if COVID comes there, you have to counter react every form of worry with prayer. Not just your lay me down to sleep, but God wants to commune with you when it hits your mind and you're willing to get upset, when you're willing to get agitated, when depression, anxiety, and everything starts to come in, you can call on the name of Jesus. These last 45 days, we got to finish strong. God has only kept diversity because we've been a praying church. We've been a church that's willing to seek the heart of God. We're not perfect, but we're perfectly trying to do his mission, his will, and vision. And second, we got to learn to start praising while we're patient. I know this year has been tough. We've hit a lot of challenging times, but I'm asking for you to cultivate and to control your environment. And that happens with praise. That happens with thanksgiving. That happens when we have a heart of gratitude. I don't want you to wait till Thanksgiving and you got your greens, beans, tomatoes, yams, all of it. You name it. You need to start thanking God right now. And this becomes an atmosphere that is willing to produce patience. Man, I saw this sign today and I'm like, ooh, it's going in my sermon. Listen. It says, what is it? Praise God while you're waiting. See, until God opens the next door, learn how to praise him in the hallway. Let me say that again. Until God opens the next door, learn how to praise him in the hallway to your destiny. So what is your assurance in that? See, when we're patient, we serve a God who is able to provide when you're patient, we serve a God that is willing to protect. When you're patient, we have a God that's able to preserve. And why can we believe that? Because that is what he promised. God is not a God that's no respecter of person. His promises are yes and amen. There's over 7,000 different promises in the Bible. Some are unconditional, but some are conditional. And patience becomes that gap filler to meet the condition to see the manifestation in your life. Let us pray, church. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you 
for this moment and this opportunity. I know today's service was different today as we talked about patience. It's not popular, it's not catchy, it's not something that we like to hear because we want to be in control, we want to do, we want to be bad all by ourselves. we want to have that story about how we came up, but truly, patience tells us how you were able to come through. So Lord, I pray that you rise up hope on these airways. I pray that you rise up peace in these moments, that people will be encouraged that you still sit on the throne. Lord, I pray for your people this week that we begin to make decisions, that we begin to live life according to your word and from your point of view. Lord, I pray for the hearts of man today to be able to give you another try to understand that you are perfecting us in this season. For all this year has brought us many challenges and tests. You have developed endurance. You have developed long suffering. You have shown us that you are the center of our joy. And through that, we are able to excel in our future. Lord, I pray that our lives and our lifestyles will bring you glory as we begin and continue to give you glory, honor, and praise. Lord, I pray for wisdom to be released as we begin to trust in you, as we make decisions with our life, as we make decisions with our church, as we make decisions with our family. Lord, we pray that you have your way. Lord, we lift you up during a time such as this. We thank you in advance that the best is yet to come, not just for me, not just for my wife, not just for my kids, but for the people of Diverse City. As we make a commitment to stay committed to you, as we stay connected to the true vine, we will produce fruit in this season. We will reap if we faint not. And we believe by faith that you're going to move us from faith to faith and glory to glory as we follow you and trust you with all our heart. If you agree in this place, say amen, amen, amen in Jesus' name. Hello, Diversity family. Thank you for joining us today on service. Please remember if you're on Facebook that you're liking, that you're sharing, and you're hosting watch parties for us to reach others. And if you're on YouTube, feel free to share with a friend and make sure you hit the subscribe and the notification button so you can be aware of all of the upcoming events at Diversity. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the service, uh, Diverse City will remain virtual um, based on the new uh, CDC guidelines for the city of St. Louis that were giving out last week. Uh, social gatherings has been limited to 10 people, which as a result, based on our capacity and our number of people, we will remain virtual. Um, as we have more information, more updates and details, we'll do our part to continue uh, to share. Um, until then, let's be the church. Remember, the, per the church is not the place, it is the people. Let's continue to call, let's stay connected, let's remain engaged on all of our Zoom and Facebook live sessions and other areas for us to fellowship and strengthen the body. So, in closing, 
Um, let's just reemphasize the three points because when God gives a word, the enemy comes to combat and confront some of the things that God wants to do to produce these new juicy fruit in your life. Number one, as we're being patient this week, we're going to see and approach life from God's point of view. Number two is that understanding that while you're patient, God is producing character character that will relax, character that will be able to transform, to push and to propel you into your next season of promise, hope, and destiny. And last but not least, we're perfected in patience. No, we're not going to be perfect, but God is perfectly working on the inside of us. Yes, we are saved, but God is sanctifying us through his perfection. As we surrender and yield our life to Christ, he is able to do a great and mighty work. So as we close, for those that would like to at this time, if you would like to sow into uh, the mission and vision of Diverse City with your tithe and your offering, make sure you text DIVERSE to 73256. Again, that is DIVERSE to 73256. Have a great week. We enjoy spending this time together with you. Let's stay in contact. Keep praying for us and we're going to keep praying for you. We love you. Take care and God bless. Peace.